Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio... Our invisible gnome was surrounded by hungry bad guys who would have easily eaten her were it not for her uncanny stealth. And as though impervious to fear, she unleashed her cuteness in the form of a levitation spell. The gnome chieftain's dinner plans were suddenly put on hold. The battle was on! A floating flubnack and his pet wolves clashed with our valiant heroes. But wait, magic missiles pummeled Jake? The Red Wizard was near. Inside the cramped tunnel, things began to look dire as Flubnack's hot glaive began swinging down on our heroes. Elric was cursed, Cullen was soaked, and Jake ran to the back and hid behind the scared Esmir. But this trepidation was short-lived because Flubnack couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, and soon Flubnack was nothing more than a floating corpse. Gnomes got cute, no pecs were flexed, meat shields floated, and clerics got zinged. Now it was time to face the Red Wizard. Finally. Quickly, our heroes surrounded him cutting off his escape route. But the Red Wizard also had plans as his Thunder Wavius pushed aside our party and his dagger took down Cullen. Once again, the wily Red Wizard was escaping, but this time he found an angry gnome on his back and soon felt the searing pain of Albonian steel piercing his chest. Quickly, Jake moved to stabilize their captive, who he knew had the answers to their questions. So, what secrets does the Red Wizard know? Who is this Grover character, and does Flubnack really sound like him? Do all the bad guys go to the same evil clubhouse? And what does a new fumble table smell like? Is it different than an old one? Do they even have smells? Well, who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast. You guys have been chasing the Red Wizard, Thegar Grin, through an underground network of tunnels and caves deep beneath Phyland Lodge. In a dank cave covered in infernal writings, uh, Thegar sought the aid of a knoll chieftain named Flubnak. There you defeated Flubnak and cornered the Red Wizard. In a last-ditch effort, Thegar took out Cullen with his dagger and attempted to flee once more. Esmir quickly leapt onto Thegar to slow him down, giving Elric the opportunity to deal the killing blow. Esmir then handcuffed Thegar while Jake cast Spare the Dying and stabilized the evil wizard. 
Elric, you're watching them do this. Thegar's blood is still dripping from your glaive. And you look back into the cave and there lays Cullen at the base of the carved stalagmite, blood pooling around his motionless body. What do you do? Um, there's not much I can do, I mean. There's a little note pinned to my shirt. If dying, please administer a healing potion. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, that. I have a healing potion somewhere around here. Oh, okay, potion of healing, I have one left. So I will pour that, the last potion of healing I have, down his throat. Okay. Drink it. Make sure he's sitting upright. Yeah. Nine points of healing. Ooh. Nice. Nice. Okay. Okay. Uh, Esmir, you are securing Thegar. Uh, you watch as his blood drips into the stream next to you and flow north down the tunnel. And you look in that direction, and about 40 feet down, you see daylight uh, illuminate a small portion of the tunnel wall. What do you want to do? Uh, is he he's stabilized? Is that correct? He's stabilized. Yep. So he's unconscious. Unconscious. He's probably going to stay like that for a while. Yeah, you can tell he's badly wounded. All right, there's blood everywhere, and okay. uh, you even think you see a chunk of his liver on the ground over there. <laughs> <laughs> so. If we want to keep him and <clears throat> and interrogate him at some point, should I give him something or should we just let him like stay unconscious until he heals up a little bit? Well, uh, you know, from what you're seeing here, uh, you're pretty confident that he's going to be unconscious for a while. Okay. He has a cloak, right? No, he wears a robe. A robe. Is there like yeah. flat, extra flapping fabric on it? Sure. Towards the bottom. Okay, yeah. so Esmir's going to take. Uh, I'm going to take my dagger out and I'm going to cut two strips of his red fabric off of him, and I'm going to gag him with one. So if he wakes up and he tries to talk or use a spell, he can't. Okay. And then I'm going to take the other piece and make a headband out of it. Okay. Like Rambo. Like Rambo. <laughs> All right, and then I'm going to say. Guys, we're taking this sons of bitch back to Daggerford, and we're going to interrogate him when he wakes up. Yes, we are. Okay, Jake, uh, you see Elric over there tending to Cullen, and you see Esmir by the stream there dealing with Thegar. What do you want to do? Um, I'm going to go over here by the stream where Thegar and Esmir are, and I'm going to help her bind his hands. Okay. I want to check his pockets and his robe and stuff to make sure he doesn't have any kind of little saw blade, <laughs> anything anything he can use to break his binds. Okay, so you search his person, and you find, let's see here. Some red lint. <laughs> In his belly button. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the, the first thing of value that you find is a matching set of platinum rings that are both set with a black pearl. Nice. And then you find his dagger. It's a finely crafted dagger uh, with a red leather grip and a silver skull for a pommel. And it also has a matching uh, red and silver scabbard. And you also find that he's carrying two potions. Uh, one looks and smells like a potion of healing. And the other one is uh, one you've never seen before. It's a clear liquid 
with a tiny, tiny red bead floating in it, and then the bead uh, continually expands to color the liquid red, and then it contracts back down to a tiny bead. Weird. And you also find a keychain that holds three keys, and that's all that you find. Okay. Well, I want to I wanna start peeling the rings off of his fingers. Okay. So you're going through his things there. Now, Cullen, uh, your eyes suddenly flash open, and you see Elric standing over you with an empty potion bottle. Cool. <clears throat> well, uh, let me just say to the group, can we take a hour rest here so that I can use a hit die? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you're taking a short rest? Mm-hmm. I guess so, yeah. Okay, I'll give you guys a short rest, and you can go ahead and roll any uh, hit die to get some health back if you'd like. Five. Okay, I have 23 now. I get seven back. All right, so you guys have had a pretty intense encounter here with a red wizard, starting with the fight against the undead Phylon Lords uh, back in the shrine, then a chase through these underground tunnels, and ending here in this creepy cave. Uh, you're all pretty beat up, you're all pretty tired, uh, so you sit down to just catch your breath, right? And with all that's happened, uh, you guys kind of forgot that Flubnuck is still floating above you at the top of the cave here. Oh my God. And eventually, the levitate spell wears off and he comes crashing down to the floor. And he lands right next to the creepy stalagmite and right next to you, Elric. Okay. Oh and boy. you're taken aback, right? But uh -huh. before you can gather your wits, you see Flubnuck's skin begin to crackle and burn and you suddenly feel a wave of heat emanate from his body, and then it explodes. Oh. What? Roll a dexterity saving throw. Okay. That was crazy. Oh. 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 All right, so Elric, you are caught off guard by this explosion, and you don't get out of the way in time, and okay. you take six points of fire damage. Oh. Okay, six points. And the blast pushes you back, and you hit the ground next to Cullen there. And you guys are all taken aback as this blast rocks this cave, right? Dust and bits of stone fall down from the ceiling. Uh, chunks of the stalagmite statue crumble to the ground as a large crack makes its way up to the top of the ancient carving. Then that red painted muzzle of this uh, carved beast cracks off and smashes to the ground. Then you see crawling and squeezing out of the newly formed cracks, disgusting bloated red-eyed rats. Ah! And they start yeah. to swarm you. Roll initiative. Yeah. Uh, I rolled a seven. I rolled an 18. 14. I got a seven. I'm gonna look up at Agma, look up at the ceiling and say, Agma, help a brother out. <laughs> All right, Jake, you are just sitting there catching your breath when suddenly an explosion uh, rocks this cave. And now a dozen nasty looking rats are swarming your party. What are you gonna do? Okay, so I'm gonna freak out. Rats! <laughs> I'll yell. Is and that then a whole action? I'm going to... Um, In my bonus action, I'm going to freak out. Pull out my vial of Agma water. And I'm going to start blessing everybody you see. 
I bless you, Elric, and I flip a drip across the room. Flip a drip. Right on his forehead. That was wonderful. (laughs) Some for you. Flip. And then I'm going to bless Esmir, who's standing there. And I'm going to catch. I'm going to. I'm going to catch the drip that almost fell on the Thegger. And I not not for you, silly man. Stupid Thegger. And then I'm going to bless me. Wow, you must really be scared of rats. And then (laughs) I think what I want to do right now is stay put because that was my action. I don't want to move into a rat. Uh, So I believe I will stay still. And that's my turn. All right. Now the frenzied rats uh, pour out of the stalagmite and they quickly surround you guys. And they begin lunging at you with their little rat teeth. Gross. And Elric, you're the closest to the stalagmite, so you get surrounded first. I should really use my pull on mastery at this point. Hmm, I would think so. Okay, so you use your reaction to attack an approaching rat. Uh, go ahead and take a swing. Glaive, glaive, okay, here we go. Oh. 17 hits, hits. and okay. your glaive just slices it in half. Oh. And as you squash that rat, three more are suddenly all over you, and they're crawling up your legs, and they <laughs> attack. Two of them miss, unable to get through your armor, but one gets through, and it bites you for one point of damage. Okay. Suddenly, three rats are crawling on Cullen, and again, two of them miss, and one of them gets through and gets in a bite for one point of damage. I'm going to use my um, reaction to um, parry, is it repair or repost? Which one is a reaction? Misses you in a melee attack, it's a repost. I'm going to try and take him out. 23, thanks for the bless. Your battle axe just squashes it. Death. Instant death. Nice. Three more rats scurry out, and they quickly gang up on Wheezy, something they can really sink their teeth into. Mm. One misses, but two take a bite out of Wheezy, doing two points of damage, but that puts Wheezy into heavy. Stupid rats. You're going to suffer. Then two rats rush Jake. Bring it on, rat think. And one of them gets in a bite. Ah! And you take one point of damage. And you rolled at two on your concentration save. Oh, I lost my concentration. What? The blessings have gone From away. From a rat? You lost your concentration? <laughs> How's that even That's funny. In the last, the last time you were getting, like, slaughtered and you didn't lose your concentration. I know. I get <laughs> bit by a rat. <laughs> this time a little rat walks up to you. Ah! <laughs> a rat! Jake must be really scared of rats. I'm sorry, I can't concentrate with all these rats. <laughs> now, Esmir, um, you're further away from all this, so no rats make it to you. Okay. But you see all this, right? You see your party being swarmed by rats. What okay. are you going to do? So Esmir is going to put one of her feet on Thegar Grin's head. And then she's gonna put her arms out in front of her and she's gonna be like, time for some rat tattooey. And she's <laughs> going to shoot <laughs> four magic missiles. <laughs> nice. One for each guy. Okay. Pew. So two of your magic missiles streak towards the rats attacking Jake. And they both explode from the force damage. The other two hone in on the rats attacking Wheezy. Taking one out, 
and putting the other into heavy. Ooh, what? Only rat puts him in the heavy. Only puts him in the heavy. Is he the boss rat? Boss rat? <laughs> no, that it's just sense. bigger. It's just a bigger rat. It's just a little chunkier than the others. Or maybe, maybe it could be the gang leader. <laughs> All right, three more rats go down. Now, what's Wheezy gonna do? He's still got two on him, including the boss rat. But weasels kill rats, that's their jam. Get him in there, Esmia. Wheezy, lunchtime. Wheezy. Rat jam. Charge. So Wheezy's gonna lick her chops <laughs> and lunge towards rat number 10. Oh, it's a natural 20. <laughs> This is what I was born to do. Nice. Yeah, I kill rats, rats. So the crit makes Wheezy's bite do two points of damage, and that kills the boss rat. Uh, Woohoo! All right, Cullen, what the hell is happening? And what are you going to do? Start slashing these things. They're evil. Oh, I'm going to be rats. doing some slashing, yo. I'm a reaver of rats. Die, you bloody beastie. Twelve is a hit. Dead. Squashed it. Let me go after rat number number two. Yeah, cowardly rat. The twenty. Good hit. Two points. Death. All right. Another one goes down. Two rats really quick. Oh, let's see if we can keep this going. I'm gonna burn an action surge on rats. Action surge. <laughs> action surge on rats. It's like it's like when the mosquitoes are swarming so bad and then you lose control. Yeah. I think we've all been there. Yeah. A twenty-two. It kills it. I'm cleaning up on these rats. <laughs> nice. Cullen just obliterated three rats. Still have some movement left. Uh, what can I do? I'm gonna just, I'm gonna intercede because I don't want Wheezy to get it, uh, yeah. attacked. Because Wheezy, Wheezy's loyal and he helps us. All right, time. Elric, you see uh, Cullen suddenly turn into a, into a whirling dervish as he swings <laughs> his blades around, slicing rats. Get off me, get off me. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, I was thinking about using Thunder Wave, but I got too many friends in the way. I was thinking about moving <laughs> to here. We're like using all of our big guns. No, it's crazy. Yeah. I burned an action surge. I got a bless. <laughs> just start stabbing them. Just, just stomp on them. Do a dance. I, I can get. Well, I'm just gonna glaive. Wait a minute. Control click that guy, <laughs> and I'm going to swing my glaive at him. Swing. Swing. Hit. And the damage. Five. And that kills it. Kills Squash. it. So let me click. On the next rat, my uh, bonus action, glade bonus action. 12 hits. Ooh. Oh, it's a hit. Okay. Oh, they're real easy to hit. <laughs> I did. Oh, wow. Six points of damage, and that butt end just flattens that nasty rat. Now we're going to use all of our... We're gonna use all of our strongest powers to kill like a bunch of rats with one hit point, yeah. and then Sass Tam's gonna walk in. Yeah. We're gonna be like, "Oh, rats! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just didn't see that coming." Well, there's one rat left. You want to use up your action surge too? <laughs> you know what? I will. <laughs> <laughs> I figured since you guys are panicking from all these rats. Five, ten, and uh, control click. Glaive, 
Getting all the 20s out with the rats. With the rats. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The cave has settled down, and it's suddenly very quiet in here. What do you guys want to do now? All right. Hey, someone check out that thing. Are there more rats coming out? Check out, look inside of it and see what else is in there. I'm going to check out that uh, crevice or whatever it was that you said there was stuff in. Careful. Oh, you mean the area in the back wall that's filled with uh, debris? Yeah. Garbage? Okay. You head back there uh, to take a closer look. But but before I just go sticking my hands in there like some kind of crazy (laughs) test of bravery from, you know, Flash Gordon, I'm going to um, use my perception to see if I can hear or smell or detect any kind of something awry, a miss, a trap, if you will. Um, Perceptione. Natural 20. Wow. Another natural 20. Nice. All right. So you make your way to the wall behind the stalagmite there, and you look over this uh, 10-foot wide, 5-foot high crevice, and you see that it's filled with ancient debris. It's just packed with, you know, garbage and junk and lots of rat droppings. And with your perception roll, you know right away that this is a rat midden. So, you want to stick your hand in there and see what you find? Oh, no, I'm going <laughs> to... He said there looked like some. there was some stuff that was interesting in there. Is there any clarification on that? Like, because I could use the end of my sword to, like, tease out gold coins or something, you know? Here, gold coiny coin. <laughs> sure. You can gold, gold, poke gold. around in there with your sword. Roll me a D10. A D10. Tease him out, yo. Tease, tease him out. Six. Okay. You see something shiny. And you stick your sword in there and maneuver it out, and you pull out a dirty glass jar uh, that contains a white substance, and it has a label on it. And you uh, wipe away the dirt and see uh, it says griffin grease. Huh. Griffin grease. Grease from a griffin? Or grease for your griffin? (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's like surf wax for your dragon. <laughs> All right. Anyone else want to stick their hands in there? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't directly touch it. Filled with rat poop, as it were. But please be my guest. Here, let me walk up to this thing. What did you find, boy? Pink eye. <laughs> Jake, you think you see something? Ooh. Roll a d10. It's ogre oil. A one. Okay. You pull out a small carved idol. It's about the size of your hand, and it's a bizarre humanoid creature. It's got arms and legs, but its head looks like an octopus. Huh. Look at this thing. It is strange. It's trippy, man. It's freaking me out. It sounds like Cthulhu. Tis Cthulhu. (laughs) Cthulhu. Hmm. In this house in Relay, dead Cthulhu lies dreaming. If I if I rolled a history check, would I maybe know what it is? Mm, I doubt it. It's okay. pretty strange looking. You've never seen anything like this before. Interesting. All right. Anyone else? Yeah, since I'll we're going it, I'll take, d- d- ducking in the duck pond there to get treats. <laughs> I'll take a look. Okay. Roll so, a d10. Roll a d10. Wait a minute, do I have to roll perception first? Or? Eh, just stick your hand in there. 
See what you find. It's a tree. It was almost a nine. All right. You reach in and you pull out a pipe. Oh. Oh. Like a smoking pipe? Yeah. Like a smoking pipe. Yeah. Okay. Like. Can you blow dragons with it? I don't know. You want to try it? Oh. I don't know. Blow on it. Blow on it. I want to clean it off because I'm not going to stick it in my mouth. Smell it first. Smell it. (laughs) That's gross. (laughs) It is pretty gross. I'm going to go here by the stream. I'm going to clean it off. Then I'm going to go back here by Wheezy. And okay, now I'll. I'll, you got uh, some hand sanitizer? <laughs> Wait, I'm, da- I'm, I'm going to put this in my mouth without like checking on it. Um, <laughs> well, then, Mike, can I do like a history check or a perception on it? See if it rings a bell? Or... It's just a plain carved wooden pipe for smoking. Okay. Just smoke before. it, kid. Just smoke it. All right. All right. I'll smoke one. <laughs> it's just that easy. You get up to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and as you're... Uh, getting this pipe cleaned up. Here we go. Uh, you blow on it uh, to make sure it's clear, right? Uh-huh. When suddenly, bubbles begin to blow out of the pipe. Aww. Wheezy likes that. Blow some bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> I pop them. I'm jumping around trying to pop them all. <laughs> that was fun. See? You're learning something. What are you two doing? <laughs> We're blowing bubbles. We're blowing bubbles. Blubbles. Can I like blow like a fog of bubbles? <laughs> a fog of bubbles? Like a smoke stream? Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Huh. Oh, I have to think about that one. It's Lawrence Welk gone nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Esmir, you're the last one. Roll a d10. Nine. Okay. You reach in and pull out a ruby gemstone. Ooh. Yeah, it's huge. It's about the size of like an egg, a chicken egg. Esmir likes gems. Hey guys, look at, check this out. All right, so Esmir uh, comes up to you guys to show you what she found, and I want you guys to look in the chat window. Hey, hang on a second. Are you sure that's a gem? Doesn't look all that special to me. Yeah. To me, it looks like a lump of coal. Oh, okay, here. Hey, Jake, hold it for a second. Okay. What does it look like to you? A lump of coal. (laughs) That's what I just said. So it only looks like a gem to me? Seems that way. Okay, I'm going to take the gem and I'm going to smash it on the ground. This thing's annoying me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You stomp on it with your boot and the gem shatters. And to the rest of you, the lump of coal shatters. Hmm. This is stupid. I don't like that thing. Um, So I don't know what it is. Well, you guess uh, that the object was probably uh, enchanted with some illusion magic. Okay. Can I go to the pile of ash that that thing turned into? Flubnak. Is there a pile of ash or did it just explode? No, Flubnak, he uh, burned up and turned into a pile of ash, just like uh, all the bad guys that we fought. What so was far. their name? Gabula. Gabula, yeah. They all did that. Gabula exploded. Okay. All these minions of the wet, okay. red wizards all blow up into ash piles. Not, not the. Not the low-ranking ones, but the ones that are like priests or high-ranking um, vassals. 
They all explode. Bunch of vassals. <laughs> <laughs> you fargy vassals. <laughs> you do see some objects in Flubnuck's ashes there. You find some money. Six gold, one electrum, 13 silver, and 35 copper. Nice. And you also nice. find a set of ivory dice. Nice. Well, they're ivory now. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to burn them. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to grab the ivory dice and stick them in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, a little hypocrite. No, I'm going to burn them. <laughs> I'm going to keep your stinking hands off them. Don't start, Colin. <laughs> Don't start. Okay, so I'm standing at the stalagmite, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to check it out. And I got a 20. 14 plus 6. What did you roll? A 14 plus 6 perception. Perception. Okay. Well, you don't find anything that you haven't already seen, right? It's a stalagmite that was carved long ago uh, to look like this crouching beast. But your mm -hmm. eye is drawn to the red hand that's been painted on its chest. Something about it seems familiar. Right. We saw that. Go ahead and roll me a religion check. Okay. It's the red hand. Uh, religion, religion, religion. Where are you? There you are. He's losing his religion. Oh, four plus four. That sucks. Yeah, you can't seem to remember why that looks familiar. I've been so true to Agma that I've forgotten about all of my other studies. Let's see, skills. Let me see if I can help. Um... I have a history plus four. Religion. Well, it's going to be religion to see where religion is. It's a plus two. That's surprising. I didn't notice that. Well, Jake's your tutor. <laughs> That's true. You were taught well, boy. He forgot Jake. Maybe you remember the book he's forgetting. So I'm going to roll it. Ooh, Ooh nice. 15 plus two, 17. 17. All right. Well... Uh, you're not sure if you learned this from Jake because, you know, he really didn't spend much time uh, talking about gods that weren't Agma. But perhaps you learned about it from your father uh, during one of his talks about Cormier. And looking at this hand, you suddenly recognize it as the symbol of a god named Malar. Malar. He's shiny. <laughs> Crinkle, 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 crinkle. He's the lord of. He's the lord of festive balloons. <laughs> I kind of look up and I'm sitting there thinking, Malar, Malar. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> well, it rings a bell to Elric, and Elric, you recall that Malar is also called the Beast Lord, and he is often depicted as a like a baboon-like beast uh, with a red head or a red muzzle. And you know that he is the god of the hunt, but he is also the deity of evil lycanthropes, bestial savagery, and bloodlust. Hey, that's right up my alley. Nice. Bloodlust. Hey. <laughs> evil. So I say evil. The brothers, or at least the family of Phylon, had lycanthropy. They were afflicted with the curse of lycanthropy. That's right. Urtos was afflicted. Urtos. Oh, okay. And because of these uh, evil aspects, 
Malarites are generally, you know, frowned upon by civilization as they tend to, you know, kind of wreak havoc in their wake, right? Yeah, thank But, and this is probably why you know all this, Elric, uh -huh. is that there is one exception where the worship of Malar is allowed in a civilized society, and that is within Cormir. Ah, interesting. Okay. So, our, our homeland was tolerant of this practice? Yes, they are tolerant of the hunting aspects, right? Because even some, you know, regular Joe the Hunter will pray to Malar for a successful hunt. And Cormier is, you know, very tolerant country, uh, freedom of religion and all that. So they allow the more, you know, tame uh, practices of Malar to take place within its borders. Hmm. So they weren't evil hunters, They, but they didn't mind getting blessings from an evil god to well, help them hunt. Now Jake understands Ugh. why he's blocked it out of Gross. his mind. And remember, during your Thigar chase, you all ran past uh, an ancient-looking shrine or altar that had a bestial hand carved in it. Oh, yeah. And Which... there's that dagger we have to go back to get to. The spear. Spear. We must move on. We must take a long rest. Are we going to take a rest here, or are we going to find somewhere else to go rest? Let's, uh, I say that we go back into the room with the spear. We can check yeah. that out and rest in, because that room is at least cleaner, because this one's full of dead bodies and dead rats. And, okay. Yeah, and we don't want to clean carrying. them up. Yeah. We already established that. We don't clean up dead bodies. Well, we're right next to this tunnel can 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 I just look and see what's on the other side of this little river here? Yeah, you hop over this little stream and you look down this tunnel that heads east and you see that it's a short tunnel and on the other side you see daylight and you make your way through and soon uh, you come out into a large cavern and you see that the source of daylight is a small opening in the ceiling of this cavern. And a beam of sunlight pierces through the darkness and it illuminates a clear pool on the eastern side of the cavern. Huh. Oh, cool. I wonder if there's a well above us at oh. the ground level. Esmia, a well. <laughs> no, no Go well. Go look inside. No wells. Is the yeah. hole over the water or over the ground? It's over the water. It's over the water, okay. Um, I'm going to just walk into this chamber and see if I could see any anything further down. I'm gonna start dragging Thegger with us. <laughs> we'll have to build a stretcher or something, carry him on. What's your encumbrance right now? Um, if you go into your inventory and scroll down to the bottom, you see it says there that you are carrying 127 pounds and your max is 210. So Thegar is definitely over a hundred pounds, so he's too heavy for you to carry with all your stuff. Oh. I can he's lift, push, squeak. or drag 540 pounds. Well, you're a big, strong guy. Drag him. Can you go back and get him, Cullen? Sure. He's hurting my back. No, I got an 18 strength. I just pick him up like a sack of taters. All right, so you well, go. I was just going to ask if... Um, it, and I'm and I'm asking the DM now, is Thegar in a state um, where he cannot cast any spells, cast any cantrips, anything like that? Well, you can tell that he's out cold, 
right? Okay. He's gagged and his hands are bound. So he can't uh, do any verbal or somantic parts of a spell, which pretty much all spells require one or both of those things. He can't use any magic. Yeah, you're pretty confident he can't cast anything. Okay, okay, cool. And I and I tape down his eyebrows too, so I can't raise his eyebrows. <laughs> I was gonna say that if he twitches his like eye, raises <laughs> his eyebrow, it's gonna happen, bub. <laughs> tape his eyebrows down. I use my down. ceiling wax. That's what it is. I use my ceiling wax. Yeah, because I have some it. Get your griffin wax on his face. <laughs> it's grease. It's griffin grease. <laughs> All right. So you guys grab Thegar and head into this cavern. And as you make your way in, you can now see more of it. You see to the north, the pond flow back into a stream that makes its way through another small tunnel in the northern wall. To the south, you see uh, the stream that feeds this pond. And on the other side of that stream, you see a door. And to the southwest, you see another tunnel. Well, you've got the drift globe. Why don't you take the lead, Elric? I'll follow you with the Thagar right. uh, sack, a tater over my shoulder. Do we want to go south? Can I say something? Sure. Guys. What? Do you know sometimes I get a scratch in my ass and I just have to do something? I, we know it too well. I'm having one of those feelings again. Okay. I want to go back to the well and look up. Yeah. Okay. I agree. But maybe you should get some griffin wax on that itch of yours. Grease! It's grease for crying out loud, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're just going to go right into the pool? Oh, oh no. DM just... DM just asked a question (laughs) open-endedly. That's never good. Yeah, you know what? I'm splashing in the water. I'm fine with that. Splishy, splishy, splashy. All right. Roll me a perception check. Uh, <laughs> okay, you roll a one perception plus zero. Yeah. <laughs> you see, uh, submerged under the water, a wooden bucket with a piece of rope attached to it. Uh, other than that, you don't see anything else. Mm. Guys, someone come over here. All right, I'll bring Help my drift rope. Let's all go. Ah, uh, man, I don't want to carry this guy back. <laughs> then just stay there. Guys, check this out. And what's this bucket here? What's going on here? It's a bucket for water. And the bucket probably came down from the opening above. I need someone to, to perceive this a little bit. 16 plus 6, 22. Jake, you're looking into the pool, and you spot something shiny within the rocks and muck. Ooh, ooh. I'm going to reach down and grab it. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> You reach in and grab grab it, it. and you pull up a small rectangular box. It's like, I don't know, maybe two inches by three inches. And you brush off the muck, and you see it's a silver snuff box. And you see that it has an inscription on the top of it that says, Dreams. Look at this, Esmia. This is a nice find. That's neato, Keen. Can I open it? What's inside of it? You open it up, and it's empty. Oh. Well, it's cool looking anyway. Yeah. It's just a little container that's labeled dreams. It says dreams. Someone 
threw their dreams down the well. <laughs> How sad. <laughs> okay, my ass has been scratched. Go on now. All right. Always glad to help you out. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so you head towards the southern end of this cavern, and you can go uh, either towards the eastern half where you see the door, or the western side where there is another tunnel. Boy, I'm really torn. I think we should finish exploring these tunnels before we go through the door. That's what I vote for. Okay. I'm on board. All right. You make your way to the tunnel, and you head in, and you start to make your way down it. And the further down you go, the lower the ceiling gets. And it gets to the point where you humans have to start crouching to fit through. Okay. I just dragged Fagar with me, his head bouncing on the ceiling. <laughs> and Elric, you're in the lead there with your drift globe, and okay. you eventually come to another small underground stream. And the tunnel, it uh, continues past the stream, but uh, it's become so narrow that you would have to, you know, get down and crawl on your hands and knees to fit through. Um, Esmir, you might want to come up here and take a look at this, because I don't know how much farther I can okay. Hold down. continue down this narrow path. Okay. I'm going to scooch over. Let me get through here. <laughs> scooch over. Do you want me to go in front? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got the dark vision. Okay, so Esmir, you hop over the stream, and you head further in, and the tunnel gets pretty narrow as you're making your way through. Uh, you know, it's about three feet around, but, you know, it's fine for you. And ahead, you start to hear the sound of more moving water. And soon, the tunnel opens up into a small, cramped natural cave, right? The ceiling's very low in here. It's only like five feet high. And at the other end of this cave, you see water enter through a small opening in the southern wall. And then it forms a small pool. And there's like a rock jutting out of the center of this pool. And then the water uh, flows out of an opening in the cave's northern wall. Uh, and other than that, this cave seems empty. Okay, I'm gonna check out the cave, guys. Okay, shout if you need us. And then, um, okay, can I just go, um, I'm gonna, can I go up here under this little rock? Sure. Hey, guys, I'm like a turtle. <laughs> Except for you're the opposite. You're, you run around like a rabbit. <laughs> what do I see? Uh, roll perception. 14. Okay. So you're standing atop this rock, looking around the cave, uh, and you're looking into that pool and the water exiting out of the hole in the wall, when suddenly, from behind you, back in the cave there, you hear... Whoa. Did it sound like a rat? <laughs> it does not. Spiders. Fish. Fish, uh -oh. don't skitter. Uh-oh. <laughs> So is it coming from... It's coming from the land, not from the water. Hmm. Guys, be careful. There's some kind of skittering creature type thing maybe over here, kind of. Wheezy, get over here. Wheezy's going to come over. Okay. And as soon as Wheezy enters the cave, the skittering stops. Uh-oh. That's weird. Hmm. Does Wheezy, Wheezy, do you smell anything? 
Go ahead and roll Wheezy's Perception. Uh, 13. Okay. Wheezy uh, walks around the cave and then suddenly stops and is intensely staring down at something. Okay. Hey, Wheezy. What do you see here, Wheezy? And I'm going to look too. Okay. You go over to Wheezy and see that he's staring at a tiny object in the dirt there. And you crouch down, right, to take a closer look, and you see that it's a little crab. But it's not a real crab. It's a mechanical crab made of metal. Mm. Weird. Mechanical crab. Okay. Like steampunk crab. Like a clockwork something or another. Okay. I'm going to pick it up but so it doesn't pinch my fingers. Okay. You pick it up, and it doesn't move. It's completely motionless, right? And you can now see that uh, within its metal frame, there are tiny gears clicking around. But it was moving. But it was making a noise earlier. Something was making noise. Okay, so I'm gonna put it back down. Okay, I'm gonna put this back down here. Wheezy, go outside of the room. So Wheezy's gonna go go back out here. Okay. And then I'm going to jump back on the rock. Okay. And which way are you looking? I'm looking at the crab. Okay. And the crab uh, is just sitting there, completely motionless. Is this some kind of puzzle? (laughs) Okay. I'm going to look back. I'm going to do exactly what I did when I heard the noise. Okay. You turn back to look in the pool and the hole in the wall there, and you hear... I turn my head real fast. (laughs) Okay, you turn back, and the crab is again completely still, but it's about three feet further away than it was before. Okay, that's weird. So I'm going to be like, okay, guys, I'm in this room, and there's this weird mechanical crab. And every time I look down the hole, the crab moves away from me. What do you guys think about that? It's weird, isn't it? Put it in your pocket. The hole is unrelated. It's just moving whenever you're not looking at it. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over to where it's standing, uh-huh. and then I'm gonna cover my eyes. Oh, okay, I'm gonna cover my eyes. That was cool. You were right. So, so Dick is all about knowledge. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna go down there. Okay. So uh, you head into the tunnel, and it's quite narrow and tight, right, for you. Uh, you have to get down on your hands and knees and crawl through there, and you end up uh, in this small cave. And the cave has this low ceiling, uh, so you can't stand up in here. You have to stay low. And there you see Esmir looking at something on the ground in front of her. And I'm gonna say, what did you find? Look, I mean, don't look. What is that thing? <laughs> okay, so, I'll, okay, I'm gonna pick it up. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, Jake, look the other way. Okay, and so I do. And then I'm gonna close my eyes. Oh! You feel it crawling up your arm. Oh, do you see that? I mean, now, okay, that's cool. 
That is really cool. I like this thing. Can I roll like history or something or arcana? Now, you know enough as a gnome uh, to surmise that this is not your typical tinkering, right? Yeah. Uh, and the closer you look at it, uh, the more it reminds you of the clockwork amulet that Elric bought. And you start to think that um, this object is not from the material plane. You suspect it might be from the plane of Mechanus. That's what I'm thinking. Um, what would it be doing just randomly sitting here? Put it in your pocket, and then you can try to figure it out as we walk toward the spear. Okay? Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, Esmeralda, Jake, finish looking around the room. Okay, kid. Can we wrap it in that stupid bandana you're wearing around your head? Okay, first of all, it's rude to insult my outfits. And second that of all, thing came off of a red wizard. I'll the only thing know. stupid about stupid bandanas is calling a bandana stupid, stupid. <laughs> Sheesh. Okay, so I'm going to put the crab in my bag of holding for now. And then I'm going to investigate it later and maybe ask around about it. Okay. Okay. Come on, Wheezy. All right, let's go back up here. All right, so you make your way back to the door in the side of the cavern wall. Uh, you hop over the small stream there, and you see that it's a wooden door banded in iron, and you immediately realize that this door hasn't been opened in ages, right? It's covered in mold and fungus, and you give it a tug, and you find that it is swollen from all the moisture down here, and it's stuck. It won't budge. Huh. Hmm. Okay, I drop Thager on the ground. Thump. And I walk over to the door. Pardon me. Don't make too much noise, boy. I'll make all the noise necessary. <laughs> you are stubborn. I'm going to child, use my strength to see if I can get this door to budge. So I just roll a strength check, or is it athletics? Yeah, athletics. Athletics, plus six. Oh, you better move, you stubborn door. Wham, 18. Nice. 18, all right. You grab the handle, you start pulling on the door, and it's stuck, right? You're pulling so hard that the handle starts to give. But then you hear a loud, like, suction sound, and pop, the door comes loose, and all the mold and mushy wood just crumbles around the door and down to the ground. Cool. Nice. And you take a peek inside, and it's dark in there, uh, but from uh, Elric's drift globe, you can see a damp and moldy brick-lined room. And you make out some shelves, and on them you see some glass and clay vases and jars, and you also see similar pottery and uh, broken glass scattered on the floor in there. Well, my work is done here. Anybody want to go in and check things out? I'm going to go pick up Thagar. I'll go in there. Yeah, I mean, I wanna, I wanna pick up one of the vases. You said that there's a few on the shelf. We'll both go in there, Jake. I wanna actually look and grab one and see if there's anything inside of any of them. All right, so you two head inside and you search this room. And you find that everything in here is uh, moldy and rotting and covered in cobwebs. And the vases and jars are all empty. Mm. Uh, but 
as you're rummaging around in here, you look down the uh, brick hallway that leads into this room, and you realize that you are pretty much right where you started. This brick-lined hallway here leads to the wine cellar uh, where you first came down into the dungeon. Ah! Oh, I see. Uh, we're going to have to take the long way around to get back to that room with the spear. Yep. All right. So you just... could also get back there by going through the dungeons. We can, but it's just as far. Okay. And we're already this far. I, I'm going through the dungeon because... I don't want to have to fall into a river a fifth time to teach me the lesson of this is a narrow walkway. Well, that's because you are running. Yeah, that is why. Yeah, but I'm carrying a wizard this time. <laughs> All right. All right, through the dungeons. Through the dungeons. All right, so you guys make your way back through the dungeon. You know your way around now. And uh, soon you make your way back to the Phylon Shrine to Tempest. And there you see the three dread warriors, a.k.a. Uh, Urtos, Bartos, and Urtos II. Uh, one of them, uh, you have to step over to enter the shrine, and the other two are at the bottom of the pool. Okay. Right. And we investigated this place pretty thoroughly. You did not. You uh, ran out ch uh, chasing after Thegar. We barely had a chance to even yeah. <laughs> look at it. Oh. Well, then we certainly want to investigate this room. Okay. Anyone who wants to look around, go ahead and roll perception. Perception. 19 plus 6, 25. Oh, 21. 19 plus 2, 21. 3. Height is a room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so you guys take a look around this shrine. And other than the secret door behind the statue of Tempest that you found earlier, uh, you don't find any other secrets. But Jake... With your high perception roll, something catches your eye on the dead phyland by the main entrance there. Huh. You notice that the hilt of his longsword has a silver wolf head pommel. Hmm. And you see that it is finely crafted hmm. and maybe worth something. Curious. So hmm. you pick it up and unsheathe it. And you see that engraved in the fuller is the phyland crest and the name Bartos Phyland. Hmm. And you immediately see that the blade is silvered. Oh, wow. Cool. Interesting. Well, we certainly want this sword, I think. Um, I wouldn't carry it, but one of these guys would. I, I would enjoy having that sword, if you don't mind. I've been looking for a silvered weapon to fight the undead. Yeah. Seriously. I toss it to him. Thank you. Esmeralda. Yo. Will you take, take me family blade and put it in your bag of holding? Sure. I'm going to put it in the light, left right-hand pocket. Thank you very much. On the corner side. <laughs> so, Cullen, I'm going to put this uh, phylon blade in your inventory. Right on. I remembered from a previous game that uh, you had said that if you had a weapon that was silvered, then undead wouldn't resist damage from it. Or, or maybe it was what enchanted about, creatures. What about lycanthropes? Wouldn't could yeah, like lycanthropes and other things. Because you fight lycanthropes with silver in some instances, I think. Yeah. And didn't they have a lycanthropy in their family going on? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Can we the keys that the wizard had on them? Mm -hmm. Can we deduce that he used those to open crypts? Uh, no. The crypts you opened uh, 
didn't need keys. Um, but there is something that required a key that you guys were unable to open. Oh. But we have these three keys right here, and I pull them out of my cloak. Yeah, wasn't there like a chest that we couldn't open somewhere? There was something. There was a chest in that bedroom on the second floor of the lodge. Okay. Right, and that was his that was his room. His bedroom. His room. Yes. That was his room. Okay. We've got the keys Guys, to his chest. We gotta go back and get that key, that chest mm. open. What about the spear? What about the spear? Yeah, I'm just saying. Spear. On the to-do list. On the to-do list. Absolutely. Good thinking. All right, so now we're going to move out of this room and we're going to go into the room with the spear. I'm just going to wait here since okay. I'm just carrying around this guy everywhere. I might as you well could just, just put him out. down. I could keep, he's not going to go anywhere. I'm keeping my eye on him. Okay. Wizards are tricksy and false. What? Except for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so you guys go through the secret door behind the statue and you enter the ancient secret shrine back there. And again, you see uh, the rectangular pool in the center of this cavern. Uh -huh. And on the other side stands the altar uh, with the bestial hand basin carved in it. And laying on top is the spear. Okay. And Esmir points out to you guys the blood stains she found earlier uh, in the basin and the channel that leads down to the pool. Hmm. And from that, and what little you know about Malar, uh, you guys can surmise that some rituals involving blood sacrifices took place down here long ago. Ugh. And you also start to wonder uh, if maybe perhaps some of the Phylons secretly worshipped Malar, and that the Shrine to Tempest over there was just for outsiders, you know, maybe just for show. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I'm going to take a look at the spear. Okay, how do you want to examine it? What do you do? Well, I'll pick it up, heft it in my hands, spin it around. Okay, so the first thing you notice mm -hmm. is that it's well-made, well-balanced, still straight, still sharp. Uh, this is a finely crafted spear. Uh -huh. uh, the second thing you notice is that it's very light and streamlined. It feels like it was just made for throwing. And you definitely get the feeling uh, that there's more to this spear than meets the eye. Nice. Okay, well, we're definitely going to have to investigate this thing more. Maybe even detect magic let's on it. take it. All right, let's take it. And uh, in the meantime, Esmeralda, would you mind putting this in your bag of holding? Sure. Give me your spear. I will put it in my bag. Okay, cool, thank you. Whoop. I, I knew there was something special about this spear. I think that it has some kind, it must have some kind of history to it, to the Phylon family, I'm thinking. It's for boar hunting. It could be. Yeah, could be. And that kind of makes sense, right? Because after all, this was a hunting lodge. Yeah. Uh, the Phylons made their fortune in the hunting business, and Malar is the god of the hunt. And of course, don't forget the whole werewolf scandal, right? Malar being the god of evil lycanthropes. Okay, cool. So I'm going to hold up the keys and I'm going to jingle them and I'm going to say, I think it's time to go. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, we've explored the, the cave part, except for that where it goes up there, but I'm, I'm content. All right. So you guys make your way back through the dungeon, uh, back up through the old keep and back up to the second floor. Uh, and back to where you first saw Thegar 
and fought that big knoll. Uh, what, what was his name? What was his name? Uh, no. No, no. Uh, what's that? Chief Knoll? Noriego. Noriega. Yeah, Manuel that's it. Noriega. Manuel. Noriego. Noriego. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you come into the suite where you found Thegar's belongings and where you found that lodestone, remember? And you see on the ground there the broken pieces of that black bowl that Esmir smashed. <laughs> and then you see up against the wall sits the chest that you were unable to open. And you try uh, the keys that you found on Thegar, and one of them opens it right up. And you look inside, and you see uh, some neatly folded clothes and a small satchel. And you look inside the satchel, and you find a steel razor with a strop, right? And a silver mirror and a copper toothpick. <laughs> wow. A shaving kit, you see. Of course, that's how he's keeping his head all bald, like the wizards like to do from Fae. Mm-hmm. Okay, Fae. that's all that's in the chest? Well, that's all you can see. Okay, there's something more in the chest, guys. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it might have a false bottom. Oh, yeah. Me, uh... so I did a percept. I rolled perception of uh, twenty-one. Okay. I want to make sure I'm standing at least twenty feet away, just to make sure <laughs> if it blows up, I'm not caught in the blast radius. Okay. So, Jake, uh, when Elric mentions a false bottom, uh, you see that the chest is definitely deeper than where the clothes end, right? And then you see like a like a groove in the bottom panel uh, where you could, you know, kind of stick your finger in and pull up on it. And you jiggle it and see that it does indeed move. Okay, I want to look under the clothes. Okay, you pull up on the bottom panel and you find a small compartment. Uh, And in that compartment, you see a small sack and you open it up and you see that it's filled with old, dusty, regal-looking jewelry. You know, necklaces, rings, bracelets, all of them adorned uh, with various gems and diamonds. Ooh, grave robber. (laughs) It's everything from the tombs. Yeah. Yeah. You do see that uh, some of the pieces are adorned with the Phylon family crest. Mm. And you guess that this uh, sack of jewelry here, this thing's worth a lot of gold. Cool. Very cool. And you also find uh, inside the compartment an ebony coffer carved to look like a sleeping dragon. Ebony coffer? Like a storage vessel? Small chest. Yeah. Anything inside of that? You open it up and you see that it's filled with about 200 gold pieces. Wow. Nice. We are taking this. So I want to look at the clothes as well and see if there's anything that I want to give um, Esmir as a gift. Like if they're like really flashy, <laughs> like purple, purple silk shirts. Pantaloons? And stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Polyester suit. Big white tie. A red zoot suit. <laughs> it's big and thay nowadays, zoot suits. Yeah. It's the, all the fashion pants. rage and thay. If there's like a handkerchief or something, like a silk handkerchief, I want to I wanna fold it up and tuck it into one of Esmir's pockets. Yeah, I can make a cape out of this. <laughs> this is for blowing that little nose of yours. Oh, thanks. Absolutely. I'll grab the toothpick just for shits and giggles. I don't know what I'm yeah, gonna do with it. Yeah, you can saunter, saunter into the pub with the copper toothpick in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> right? So how many keys did he have though, three? He had three keys. 
But we only used one. You right. only used one, yeah? So what does that tell us, people? Two more are out there, but are they necessarily here at Phylon Lodge? Or are they in other places? Like somewhere in the Forlorn Hills, you see. Mm. Did we look for any hidden stuff in this room? Yeah, you searched hidden. this room thoroughly before. Okay. Maybe it's like an old house key, you know? The last place he lived, he did turn it in. Her <laughs> car, he doesn't drive much anymore. Oh, hotel key. Like all those keys you end up with, and you have no idea why what the keys are for. Rings and rings and rings of them. Can I, can I, t- I'm going to take the key that we used to open his chest, and I'm going to wear it on a necklace, so it's the first thing he sees when he wakes up. <laughs> nice. And I'm gonna, as soon as he wakes up, I'm going to raise my eyebrows. Okay, I have I have to ask about this guy I've been carrying around for the last hour and a half. I'm going to assume it's taken at least an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, We're taking What are we going to do with him once, once he refuses to answer all the questions that we have for him? We, oh, don't worry about that. We're, We're taking gonna... him back to Daggerford, and he's going to... He's going to have, let's say, a fair trial. <laughs> Sherlin. You must be joking. You're <laughs> saying we should give him to Sherlin. Well, we're going to interrogate his ass first. That's We're going to sure. interrogate him all the way home. And yeah. then when we get there, we're going to let Sherlin and the people interrogate him and let them do with him what they will. Now, remember, the last time the Red Wizards tried to cause a havoc in this area, our buddy, uh, Sir Istavel and his gang of cool dudes stopped them and hung hung them in Daggerford. Well, hang this guy in Daggerford. Yes, and they're going to have one more hanging in Daggerford soon. So we're like the next... We're like the next troop of bad, uh, badass cool guys. <laughs> the next group of big damn heroes. Big damn heroes, exactly. <laughs> well, look at this. Here's a guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? And so our big damn heroes will be leaving the hunting lodge with their lives, a load of treasure, a captive, and some answers. But will they be able to successfully interrogate the Red Wizard of Thay? Who is Lawrence Welk, and what happens when he goes nuts? Is Griffin Grease from a griffin or for a griffin? I mean, they never clarified. And... Why is Bloodlust right up Elric's alley? Isn't anybody worried about that? Well, who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. So, the party has finished clearing out Phyland Lodge of gnolls and treasure and are preparing to return to Daggerford. Now, this uh, last part of the dungeon was a network of empty caves and tunnels. 
And I know these guys, right? We've been playing together for a while. And I know that they would explore every nook and cranny before they would leave, right? They're completionists, right? They want to uncover every part of the map before they call it done. And I'm the same way when I play, because you never know, right? Where there might be a hidden stash containing that awesome magical item that will make your character even tougher and cooler. But that cool stuff is rare in 5th edition. Right? And I didn't want them to wander around for an hour and find nothing for their troubles. So I decided to revisit the trinket table in the player's handbook. It's a table of 100 trinkets that have uh, an air of mystery about them. Right? And I really like the idea of incorporating these strange items into the game because they don't have an impact on the on the game mechanics, but they can have an impact on role-playing. They can give the players an opportunity to use or you know, interact with these items in a way that could impact their, uh, their character story, their personal story, or the story of the campaign or, or world uh, that they're a part of. And you know, it's very random, right? So it, it could end up in the bottom of their backpack never to be seen again, or uh, it could end up helping them in, uh, you know, unexpected ways. I mean, Griffin Grease, come on, could be handy, never know. And as the Dungeon Master, it can give an opportunity to, to add to the story in small or even, you know, big world-changing ways. So, empty sections of the dungeon, you know, don't always have to be empty. And uh, the dungeons that we're roaming around in are from Scourge of the Sword Coast by Wizards of the Coast. Check them out at dnd.wizards.com. And the music and sound effects I used to fill the dungeon with are from Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com to see how you can bring your tabletop dungeons to life. And now, from all of us here at Roll Radio, we wish you and yours a wonderful holiday season and a very happy new year. And tune in next time to see if any of those strange new trinkets come into play. <laughs>